You're listening to the Bible Chunks Read-Through Podcast in association with the Limadine Bible Reading Plan and Charles River Church. To have your own copy of this reading plan sent straight to your inbox, you can sign up at charlesriver.lmd.church. For more information about Charles River Church, visit charlesriverchurch.com. We read the whole story to make whole disciples of Jesus. Hey, welcome to Bible Chunks, where we read through the Bible in the chunks or sections based on themes that it was designed to be read in so we can get a better handle on the story of God. My name's Kevin. That's enough about me. Let's dive into the Word. Today we'll be reading 1 Timothy 4, 6 through 6, 21, 57 verses today, just finishing out the book of 1 Timothy. If you put these things before the brothers... You'll be a good servant of Christ Jesus, being trained in the words of the faith and of the good doctrine that you have followed. Have nothing to do with irreverent, silly myths. Rather, train yourself for godliness. For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way, as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. For to this end we toil and strive, because we have our hopes set on the living God, who is the Savior of all people, especially of those who believe. Command and teach these things. Let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation, to teaching. Do not neglect the gift you have, which was given you by prophecy when the council of elders laid their hands on you. Practice these things. Immerse yourself in them so that all may see your progress. Keep a close watch on yourself and on the teaching. Persist in this, for by doing so, you'll save both yourself and your hearers. Do not rebuke an older man, but encourage him as you would a father. Younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, younger women as sisters, in all purity. Honor widows who are truly widows. But if a widow has children or grandchildren, Let them first learn to show godliness to their own household and to make some return to their parents, for this is pleasing in the sight of God. She who is truly a widow, left all alone, has her set hope on God and continues in supplications and prayers night and day. But she who is self-indulgent is dead even when she lives. Command these things as well, so that they may be without reproach. But if anyone does not provide for his relatives and especially for members of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Let a widow be enrolled if she is not less than 60 years of age, having been the wife of one husband, and having a reputation for good works. If she's brought up children, has shown hospitality, has washed the feet of the saints, has cared for the afflicted, and has devoted herself to every good work, but refuse to enroll younger widows. For when their passions draw them away from Christ, they desire to marry, and so incur condemnation for having abandoned their former faith. Besides that, They learn to be idlers, going about from house to house, not only idlers, but also gossips and busybodies, saying what they should not. So I would have younger widows marry, bear children, manage their households, and give the adversary no occasion for slander, for some have already strayed after Satan. If any believing woman has relatives who are widows, let her care for them. Let the church not be burdened, so that it may care for those who are truly widows. Let the elders who rule be well be considered worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in preaching and teaching. For the scripture says, You shall not muzzle an ox when it treads out the grain, and the laborer deserves his wages. 
do not admit a charge against an elder except on the evidence of two or three witnesses. As for those who persist in sin, rebuke them in the presence of all, so that the rest may stand in fear. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus and of the elect angels, I charge you to keep these rules without prejudging, doing nothing from partiality. Do not be hasty in the laying on of hands, nor take part in the sins of others. Keep yourself pure. No longer only drink water, but use a little wine for your sake of your, sum, of your stomach and your frequent ailments. The sins of some people are conspicuous, going before them to judgment, but the sins of other people appear later. So also good works are conspicuous, and even those that are not cannot remain hidden. Let all who are under a yoke as bondservants regard their own masters as worthy of all honor, so that the name of God and the teaching may not be reviled. Those who have believing masters must not be disrespectful on the ground that they are brothers. Rather, they must serve all the better since those who benefit by their good service are believers and beloved. Teach and urge these things. If anyone teaches a different doctrine and does not agree with the sound words of our Lord Jesus Christ and of the teaching that accords with godliness, he is puffed up with conceit and understands nothing. He has an unhealthy craving for controversy and for quarrels about words, which produce envy, dissension, slander, evil suspicions, and constant friction among people who are depraved in mind and deprived of the truth, imagining that godliness is a means of gain. But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world, and we cannot take anything out of the world. But if we have food and clothing, with this we will be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into a snare, into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. But as for you, O man of God, flee these things. Pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, steadfastness, gentleness. Fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called and about which you made the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. I charge you in the presence of God, who gives life to all things, and of Christ Jesus, who in his testimony before Pontius Pilate made the good confession to keep the commandment unstained and free from reproach until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he will display at the proper time. He who is the blessed and only sovereign, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who alone has immortality, who dwells in unapproachable light, whom no one has ever seen or can see, to him be honor and eternal dominion. Amen. As for the rich in this present age, charge them not to be haughty, nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but on God who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. They are to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share, thus storing up treasures for themselves as a good foundation for the future, so that they may take hold of that which is truly life. O Timothy, guard the deposit entrusted to you. Avoid the irreverent babble and contradictions of what is falsely called knowledge. For by professing it, some have swerved from the faith. Grace be with you. So Paul closes out his first letter to Timothy with some 
clear instructions regarding how he is to govern the church there in Ephesus that he is in charge of. First Timothy is the first of three pastoral epistles that are written to pastors. The first and second of those are written to Timothy, and the, sec- and the, the, other, the third one is written to Titus, uh, who we'll read about in the next couple of days. But First Timothy is written to Timothy, and he, as we said yesterday, is pastor in the church in Ephesus. And Paul, before he's able to come and visit in person, wanted to write Timothy a letter and give him some instruction about the things that he should be about until Paul is able to get there and then also after he leaves. So he gives instructions regarding what a good servant of Christ looks like and and how they act and what their priorities are. So the priority is to be Christward, not putting any trust in earthly things or in physical things. Not that those are bad things. Paul says that those have some value, but but the godly things, those have value in every way. And so by prioritizing godly values, the, the earthly values are also lifted up. Whereas if you focus on the earthly values, the godly values are ignored. And so he is, he's commanded to teach the things that accord with the faith. He's commanded to be a, a, uh, a, a, an example for the church there in speech and conduct and love and faith and impurity. He's called to teach the scriptures by reading them publicly. In, in a less literate age, the only way that we could transfer the understanding of God's story to others is through reading God's story to them and explaining it. And that's the purpose of this podcast. Even though it's a more literate age, people tend to like to listen to things uh, audibly again. And so here we are. But he's then called to uh, how he's to interact with members of his congregation. And it's all familial language, if you'll remember. We're going to let that we're going to let that ambulance just pass by. But it's familial language in that um, the, the, the brothers, uh, sorry, the, those who are um, young men are to be treated as brothers, young women are to be treated as sisters, older men as fathers, and older women as mothers. The church, you can see and really sense the familial bond within the church in this, in this letter. And then he gives some instruction regarding those who are rulers of the church, the elders, those who make the decisions and are in charge of teaching the doctrine that uh, that the charges against them must be from two or three witnesses drawing that out of the law in the Old Testament. He also talks about how you shall not muzzle an ox when it treads out the grain, taking that law from the Old Testament and giving it a more robust meaning, meaning that the, as you're working the ox, don't starve the ox to death while while it's working. And, and similarly, with, with your rulers, with, with your pastors and elders, don't starve them to death. <laughs> Let them eat. Give them, give them honor and, and give them a means by which they may be able to live. That's how God has chosen for them to care for his church and to devote their lives to it. And so make sure that they are fed and, and clothed. And then he also has instructions for... Uh, slaves and masters, where earlier in the book he called uh, the those who own slaves uh, that that is ungodly. But here, working within the context of uh, of the 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 Roman world that they're in, uh, Paul um, he says that 
if you have servants, remember that they are people and treat them really well. And servants, treat your masters as if you're working for Christ. And then Timothy is to fight the good fight in faith, not loving earthly things, not seeking riches or honor or prestige or anything in that regard, but seeking the immortality that comes through knowing Christ and that he is to line his life up in such a way that he can reveal more of who Christ is to his congregation. And he's to guard that deposit that has been entrusted to him. And so Paul writing into this uh, eclectic church community to the pastor there, encouraging him to continue on in the faith, continue on in the work that he's doing, helping him set his priorities and promising him that he will come uh, to visit and strengthen him as well. And so it's a beautiful book um, and I hope uh, that you'll read it again and again. But as for now, I would ask you to consider what does this section of scripture tell us about who God is and what he's like and what he desires. What does it tell you about yourself? And then finally, what was it that the Holy Spirit was stirring up while we were reading? Take those thoughts, turn them into prayers, and we'll be right here again tomorrow. Till then, God bless.